It's time for building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. Tabletop game design. The the end of the episode that's when it technically ends hello and welcome to building the game a documentary podcast today is monday april 18th and you're listening to episode 516 as always i am your host jason here today joined by two awesome people uh one's a recurring guest one is somebody you've never even met before possibly uh with me from protospiel online i have heather newton and david masnato how are you two doing Hey, Jason. Thank you. Yeah, I'm great. You. <laughs> yeah, just thriving. Absolutely thriving. <laughs> Living my best life. <laughs> yes. Hashtag blessed, right? Is yes. That... <laughs> so, yeah, well, welcome you two. Um, you've, I bet what you've been up to? You've been busy? You've been busy lately? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, you know, leisurely. <laughs> Leisurely lifestyle. Uh, yeah, getting getting ready for this next event has been extra work than usual. Uh, the next event will be April 29th through May 1st. Uh, we've switched to a three times a year schedule when in 2020 and 2021, we did four times a year. And the idea there was to give us more time to make sure everything's working between events. And we certainly needed that extra time this time. Uh, you'll see it's at the very end of April. The goal is to have it the first weekend of May, but this year it can't be because that's Mother's Day. So that uh-huh. also yes. shortened our, <laughs> shortened Thank our time. Thank you, by the way. <laughs> Thank you for that. Because Origins has this way for many years of having it on Father's Day weekend, which right. which was really annoying because like, you know, <laughs> as a father, while I enjoyed Origins, I also enjoyed spending Father's Day with my kids and my wife. So. Right. Well, I think they 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 have like Sunday be family day, but it's kind right. of irrelevant. Like you probably didn't bring your family because it's uh, one not- year I did. Yeah. One year, yeah, yeah. Oh wow! But it's I mean for us it's a six hour drive or whatever. Right. Like hey y'all, let's drive down and then I'll be here for all the other days. But on Sunday, family day, <laughs> you know. So. <laughs> I get they do that so that if you're only going to come down for the one day, they have good pricing for families. Gen Con does the same thing. Respect the heck out of that. I think that's great. But, you know, don't have it on those weekends. please. (laughs) Yeah. So we've had just the reason that it's been extra work is that we are shifting away from using Tabletop Simulator, which means Mm -hmm. that there's a lot of support needed for people who want to attend using other things. And so there's been an extra Really great to see, honestly, push, especially from David, uh, putting out tutorial videos about the other platforms that we're recommending and a lot of research on our end, making sure that as mm-hmm. we're recommending these platforms, they work. <laughs> and I'll tell you, like, as you know, we've used TTS for years, right? I mean, all of us, it, it was kind of the only thing in anytime there was something else, people are like, oh, I could try the thing, but what a pain. We all use TTS. And and now that, you know, so many of us are migrating away from that, it's really difficult to figure out, you know, like I look at, we've been focused on, you know, for my design, the people I designed with screen top for mm-hmm. card-based games and screen top for, for just doing card-based games. I'm loving screen top for like, um, we've been using Tabletopia as well. And I tried Tabletop Playground and I struggled with, or no, Tabletopia is the one I struggled with. Tabletop Playground, mm-hmm. I did, I found that I worked all right in that. Um, mm-hmm. But like so many things are just different, right? And sometimes different is better. 
But because it's different, we're like, oh, it's different. You know? <laughs> right. Because it's harder, right? It's when you to get up to speed on it is harder. And, right. and, you know, I just as like a user trying to learn three new programs and how to use those um, to do what I'm doing just with my co-designers, is it's been a huge lift. And I'm not doing it for the public, right? Mm-hmm. And trying to like put it out there and support hundreds of people that are going to want to do that. Like, like that's, I have so much respect for the work y'all have had to do on that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, it's it, honestly, it's been it, like, it has been a lot of work, but it's also been a really exciting opportunity for us to rethink Protospiel as not only a convention and a community, but as an educational resource for designers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that piece was always there to a certain extent, but we are now putting out things to help people get in. Mm-hmm. And that has been so exciting to work on. Like the, it, the, the circumstances around moving away from TTS were obviously you know, painful and difficult mm-hmm. to navigate, but yep. um, the opportunity and the road ahead of us, because we are seeing this massive shift of people exploring new options and, uh, like for the first time, really picking the tools that allow them to get the job done that's best for them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's huge and it's it's exciting. Um, it feels really good to be a part of that shift and providing ways for people to, to make it easier. Um, Heather and I are in the finishing stages of wrapping up a script now for a video that I'm hoping will go live in a couple days, asterisk. <laughs> um, the um, that we're, we're essentially going to be talking about um, how to start a table in tabletop playground and join a table in tabletop mm-hmm. playground, which are obviously yeah. really important for the purposes of Protospiel, but and, also and not straightforward. Not, not straightforward, especially not if you're used to TTS, where like you do stuff like, "Oh, I've started this now; I can do these other things." Yeah. Nope, nope. You got to do it all up front. The nice <laughs> thing a, is, you've yeah. done it and you're ready to go, and you can hop right in. And I love that about it. Yeah. Also, yeah. the idea that anyone can log in without an account is really cool, where you can just like click and be a part of it, right? Because you don't have to oh, sign into that, right? Well, so, playground, you need to have you need to have bot. The program. You do, yeah. It's the only so, one of these three that we're, we've mentioned that wait, you have to am do I, with. Oh, I'm thinking of Tabletopia. No, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. You're, you're thinking you of are. Tabletopia and ScreenTop. <laughs> yeah. um, right, I would say right. so. ScreenTop is probably the most frictionless of the of the. Yes, platforms that's the one where I just like share a link and boom, you're playing yep, it with me. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, Tabletopia right. is a little bit like that, but there's a just a tad more setup on the front end. <laughs> Tabletop Playground does require everybody to have a a license of the game. Is that the um, one through Steam? It yes. it is through Steam, but it does okay. not use uh, Steam Workshop in the uh, it uses a, a third-party service called mod.io. Doesn't crash your computer. It also does not crash your computer. <laughs> um, it uh, it, it we, we Heather and I have talked to uh, Robert, the lead developer of Tabletop Playground. Mm-hmm. We have some insight into some of the reasons why some of these decisions were made. And mm-hmm. a thing I will tell everybody without like kind of pulling the rug under Robert is that there is some very cool and exciting things coming down the road for Tabletop Playground. That's great. Um, and the, the decisions around it, even though like from a third, you know, as a bystander perspective, maybe seem like they don't make a ton of sense. Um, 
he's setting up the groundwork for something really special. So that's great. And uh, yeah, well, I was going to say, I think that the fact that, you know, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn when I say this and by the Heather, if I am, you tell me, but you know, <laughs> give you the smackdown. Like uh, <laughs> the um, TTS, the, the people who make TTS were very uncommunicative and not super interested in opinions and stuff. And we kind of all kind of assumed that's just how it was. And then when you, I know you personally started reaching out to these other people and they were like, we would love to talk to y'all about what you need so that we can be help creating things that are useful. And it was this like, oh my gosh, these people actually <laughs> want to help us do this stuff. Right. And that is, right. you know, I mean, that's anytime you're dealing with a, a software or an app, companies that are interested in your feedback and actually want to do things with that feedback is, it's really, really important. Um, because, you know, um, because the developer's experience is not the end user's experience, um, you know, and, you know, we're dealing with things like the UX and the UI, like all of those things that it's just so dependent on, on your personal experience. And so being able to give feedback to that, um, especially for people like you who are running larger groups of these things, right. You're getting a lot of feedback from a lot of people that you can then funnel. Um, and I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's different kinds of users there's a lot of different stakeholders for these platforms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it does feel like to me, tabletop simulator cares about the player user, the, the number, the vanity metric inside steam, how many people have right. downloaded right. this thing. Right. They, they will do things to cater to that, but in making the decision whether or not to use this platform going forward, I learned a lot of things that I had assumed were different as I talk to people in the background about that show me that they don't have a lot of consideration for the stakeholder of publishers. They don't right, have a right. lot of consideration for the stakeholder of board game designers who are the people mm -hmm. who are making the content for their platform and right, bringing right. people onto their platform. And it does feel very, mm -hmm. just very unacceptable to me that they're not willing to put time and effort into communicating with us, having a back and forth with us and considering our needs and appreciating us. Right, um, we do, right. a, we, uh, I think ultimately what the decision came down to is that for a year and a half, I personally was working as an unpaid trainer and salesperson for Tabletop Simulator and realizing that very potentially one of the people that I specifically <laughs> referred to their their product got treated in a way that I just feel horrible that that happened mm -hmm. to them. I yeah. just cannot continue to refer people to that program oh, of course. as long no, as things yeah. Stand, yeah. This, stand this way. So it's that's ultimately really what it's about. It's about our brand and what our brand um what brands our brand associates itself with. So Of course. Yeah. No, that's yeah. I mean obviously, you know, the podcast is a podcast, but it's also a brand and I'm very cautious about who we, you know, who we work with, um, more so than I think a lot of people realize yeah. <laughs> like, uh, how, how picky we are about that. It's right? frankly shocking that you let both of us on. So <laughs> I told you, you know, I mean, Heather, Heather knows how to put the smackdown. She has, she has the blackmail. So I just, I didn't have a choice. <laughs> well, and I'll, I'll say too, like anybody who's listening to us and they're, they're thinking, what are you all talking about? Uh, it's just such a long story and we don't want to go into it, but 
this was also part of what we were doing between events was deciding on this policy and documenting it really clearly for anybody who just kind of heard some scuttlebutt, but they didn't really understand what happened. If you want to read what I'm talking about and our decision behind it, uh, you can go to protospiel.online forward slash TTS. And you'll see whenever you visit that link, you'll see what the current state of affairs is mm-hmm. with us and Tabletop Simulator. Mm-hmm. I will say that it's my desire for that for it to be a usable platform. I would really prefer that, but right it, but for it, now, it, it's not, not up to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The sport ball is in the sport court of... Uh, <laughs> that's the saying, right? Of that sport team. <laughs> the sport um, team is going to put me I, in touch. I do want to highlight, though, you know, one of the one of the things that you talked about, you know, was pivoting away from that forced you to do a lot of different things, you know, and I mean, they, they say, right, that um, necessity is the mother of invention, right? And that's mm-hmm. really... A lot of, I think, some of the reinvention of your brand and how it's grown has been because, well, mm-hmm. we need to help people understand how to do this. So we're going to we're going to make videos. We're going to, mm-hmm. you know, do uh, live streams. We're going to do these different things. And um, and I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would like to, if it's OK, I'd like to take a step back, take oh. a step back to to 2018 or something like that. I don't know. When did you start doing Protospiel online? April of 2020 was the first okay. time that it was myself and the other two people helped me organize Protospiel Denver. Protospiel Denver was launched, ran for the first time ever on March 12th of 2020, the day <laughs> after schools closed in Colorado. So mm-hmm. we did go ahead and run very cautiously with a lot of rules about whatever the CDC was saying at the time, it was very, which was not actually any helpful information at that point. Unfortunately, we didn't know that hour by hour, you know? Yeah. 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 Uh, Too. So when we opened, our event was smaller than the size that they were saying you should Mm -hmm. do. And then we were all already together. So I definitely, you know, got some major flack for that. That was a very stressful weekend uh, for Mm -hmm. going, I mean, going forward, running it, but also, we just, once we were all together, we walked around personally to every table and said, how do you feel? Like, mm-hmm. how would you feel if we closed right now? And everybody said, we're all together. Like, please just let us be together. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. No, we, I mean, I think we at ran that with point, it. Yeah. We, it was, the information at that point was so, so sparse and so just uninformed in general. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, you look at what they told us to do back then and it's a joke compared to like, you know, like they were like, you probably don't need a mask, which a lot of people are like, they were stupid. It's like, no, coronavirus <laughs> is in general spread mostly through touching gross stuff. Like, oh. and it turns out this isn't how this one works. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, so there's just been a lot of changes that have been made and yeah. And no, I mean, we, um, I, I was trying to get back to the idea of like, you know, why, why online protest, uh, why online, uh, plate, why online protesting? That seems why? Is that like hacking. Is that like DDS attacks yeah. or something? Um, there's a lot why? of online protesting. Let's be honest. Yeah. The spread yeah. of information yeah. and such, but yes. yeah. um, yeah, well, well, I was gonna, th- yeah, this was the reason was that because of the way Protospiel Denver happened, we put out an official rule that is always an unspoken rule, but people don't follow it. Usually if you feel ill, don't come to this event. Right. Right. And when this all happened, it was already after our refund deadline. And I, in the refund deadline was very generous. It was like the day before I had to pay the 
venue. And so the money was spent, the venue mm-hmm. was paid, and nobody got a refund. And that was also an unpopular opinion. But again, this is why you set a refund deadline. And um, this is something you'll learn about right. me if you know me well. My yes is yes and my no is no. The rule is the rule. I set a rule for a reason. And right. so, but I still cared about how this affected everybody. And so we decided to create a way to give the people who couldn't come a way to do something as a community. And we ran it as an invite only. And it wasn't necessarily something we were planning to do again. But the way everybody who was invited responded was like, Mm -hmm. we want to see each other again. You can't cancel it, you know. So then we ran it for the first time publicly in July 2020. Right. And that was, um, you know, I think that now it's easy to say, like, we know why online protests. Oh, my gosh. What see here's what's happening. I I'm trying to say playtesting and I'm trying to say protospiel right. and I'm saying protesting. Yeah, um, which oh, is wow. funny to me. Um, but that is where that's coming from. So um, but it no, is, yeah, it leave is it in. Don't, don't. <laughs> no, oh, no, I won't. Please uh, edit. Oh, no. So what I was going to say was when it comes to the playtesting aspect of you know doing that online, we we see now why that's obviously a good idea, right? But like. For those of us that have been doing this for a while, when you look back to, you know, pre, um, you know, to pre 2020, I mean, I certainly had some games in Tabletop Simulator, but that was never my first go to. I didn't like online playtesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to have to deal with that. Um, so like and, and I was not I was not in the minority there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people weren't into that. Um, and. And I think for myself, and I'm I'm curious if you're seeing this as well as, you know, as we're getting to the point where conventions are opening back up, you can go to places in person again. You could have an event if you wanted to in Denver. Um, but I think people are realizing that, oh, wow, this is so much easier to be able to do this online and not have to pay 500 bucks to go stay in a hotel and fly to Denver um, and all of these things, you know, mm-hmm. Um I mean, how how do y'all feel about where that's at and where that's going to go as as we move forward? Well, there are certainly a lot of pluses and minuses when it comes to online playtesting. One of the big minuses is what we were talking about before is there's this onboarding that you need to do to learn mm-hmm. the technology. It's getting in your way. I hear a lot of designers say that they want to be able to watch body language. They want to see whether mm-hmm. or not people are checking their phones and see their expressions and everything. So there's a, there's a danger in only playtesting online. I would not say mm-hmm. that is a good idea to publish a game that you've only playtested online because there's all kinds of things that are like possible on uh, uh, digital tabletops that you that would be totally ridiculous in real yes. life. Yes. So, and you might not realize that if you make it only online. And it and I do think it's important to see people's body language and I see what people are talking about, but I think there's a certain stage of playtesting where at least the way it works at Protospiel Online and all the in-person Protospiels that I went to, what I liked about them is that it was a collaborative design moment and it was about mm-hmm. talking about the prototypes and i think like people know that the word spiel means uh games in german but mm-hmm. i always heard that as give me the spiel like let's talk right, about right. prototypes and that is what that is the brand of in-person protospiel if you haven't been to one of them that's what stands out to me is what makes them different from 
mm-hmm. um, unpub or whatever, because it's it's about the pro. It's not about uh, the designer presenting to the public. It's about designers getting together and talking shop, like heavily talking shop about mm-hmm. how this prototype works and ideas around things. So for that kind of play testing, I think online is really good because yes. all you need is your voice um, and, and something to reference on the tabletop and point to. So I think it works really well for that. It's a much faster way to prototype too. I think it makes much more sense as your very first prototype because you don't have to spend all this time cutting out the cards and all that. I mean, I think a lot of people, I'm a maker myself and I do like cutting the the building, the cutting out uh, when I'm making something, but, but it's a waste of time. If you know, you're probably going to change it. So that really helps. And the fact that you can reach everybody, um, you can reach an international audience. And I think like people wanted protospiel. There were people in the protospiel community who wished there was a protospiel online before there was ever a pandemic. The pandemic kind of gave us the gift of giving everybody a reason to learn how to use the tools in mass so that it became more doable. And now that everybody knows how to use them, there's, I see no reason to take this away from everybody because we wanted a way to like, let's say you have small children and you, like you were saying about father's day, you don't want to leave for the whole weekend, but Mm -hmm. you still want to participate. Um, it's much easier for parents, especially of young, young, young children to participate this way. People who live in like really rural places where they'd have to go super far to get to an airport. It's just not feasible for them to do that. Or they just don't have money. Or right. people who are in Australia, we can play with them. People who are in Germany and Italy and uh, the UK. And I hear from UK people like, oh, I wanted, the, you know, we don't have a ton of people in other uh, foreign countries yet because just we're entrenched here in the US. Like this is this is our network. This is where we know people. Mm-hmm. So we're trying mm-hmm. to build our network out um, and make this a more truly international thing as best we can. We got little ideas about that, but um, it's not it's not the easiest part of what we're trying to do, I guess I would say that. But the people who who do come from the UK, they're like, this is amazing because America is a huge market. And I can get a ton of American playtesters and Canadian. Well there we have some more Canadians than probably any other foreign country right than uh the u.s but right i, I love sense. that yeah. about protospiel online yeah i think you know if i if i answer the question like what sort of my designer had on um I, I i started i made my first game prototype in like end of 2018 i think um and spent a pretty good amount of 2019 testing it by myself, testing it with friends, not really reaching out to people I didn't know to play it, which is obviously a critical part of the process. Um, and a lot of that was a handful of things. Um, one being that I wasn't really sure what I wanted this to be. Mm-hmm. Like I, yeah. I, I like made this thing based on like a shower thought and now I've got a game and like, do I want to get it published? Do I, is this just like a fun activity for me? Is it like, is it both? Like what, what am I actually doing with this? Right. Um, right. So there was this gap of like, not really knowing what the project was and what the end goal was. And that was totally fine. But then eventually hitting a point where I kind of wanted other people to play it. And um, I'm not a extremely 
confident person in enormous rooms full of people. I wouldn't say that's like where fair. I thrive. So <laughs> like cons and playtesting conventions and things were kind of a scary prospect for me. I, I actually looked at attending um, the Chicago Protospiel and um, I, I, I chickened out and not because of anything that you know, Protospiel did or like anything about the, the organization. It was, it was me. I was afraid to, to jump in the pool. Um, and I think, and let me rephrase that. I wouldn't say chickening out is actually an appropriate way to do it. I just didn't have the personal confidence. I was doubting myself and, mm-hmm. and doubting my role in this community, even as somewhat as a newcomer with a thing that was like, that I didn't have firm goals with. Um, I did eventually do a, a play test of that in a local game shop. Um, but then like that experience was bizarre because it was like, I had to like bring this thing and like go, I show up at the game shop and I'm like, where's the play testing of that? And they're like, Oh, it's in the basement. So then I go into this like dingy basement and there's just like, <laughs> so it's like four dudes sitting at a table in a basement that I've never met before. Like, and, like this is what <laughs> so, this is weird i don't like this either so um and it ended up being fine and they were cool but like i did it, like that didn't feel like a space i wanted to be in so then i was just in the zone of like you know what do i do how do i get people to play this and then the pandemic started and it was like mm-hmm. okay well i guess this is dead now mm-hmm. um and i eventually found out about uh nunpub uh i attended that because I figured what's, you know, what I, what could I lose? It's, you know, it's, it wasn't the, the cost to get in was I could afford and I had time to do it. So got my game on a digital platform um, and joined. And that's actually when I met Heather who sort of sucked me into the <laughs> online world. Sounds um, like Heather. <laughs> You're not getting away. <laughs> I mean, it was a, it was a very it was a very easy sell, right? Like, because like because basically what she said was like, you do you like this? Like, is this like is this helpful to you? And the answer was a pretty clear yes. Like, this had been the format I needed and was that's good. You're for. like nah, no, no, a hard pass. But thank you. <laughs> um, I I think like for someone like me who. And I, I, I've, I've changed a lot in the last year and a half in terms of these, like understanding what my purpose is in, in this community and like how I feel navigating it. I've gained a lot of confidence since then. But if you're a designer and this is all new to you and it's scary and you have no idea where to start and like showing up in a room full of strangers for them to unpack this thing you made that you don't even know what it is, like... That's tough. And I think what the online playtesting groups do, Protospiel, uh, Nunpub, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, Break My Game Discord, mm-hmm. which I think your listeners are probably familiar with. I think what all of those groups do is provide a really welcoming space that feels more manageable to people who are coming into this from like where I was. And mm-hmm. I think that's that demographic is huge. I think there are a lot of people, for, you know, for the reasons Heather stated, like just geography, price, other commitments in their life. There are a lot of people who don't get to do this mm-hmm. because 
their life doesn't allow for it. And then on top of that, there are people who don't get to do this because they just, they have personal things that are, that are stopping them. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, personal baggage, like self doubt and confidence and the ability to be in rooms with lots of people. Like it, it's all real and it's all valid. And I think a, a huge part of why I don't see this going anywhere, even once things start opening up is that there's always going to be people who are yeah. afraid yeah. to jump in. Mm-hmm that that need is always going to be there and yep. if we can continue to provide that then we are then we are providing value i that's that's awesome what very very well said <laughs> i love that <laughs> and i think that um you know i think that it's true though like in general i mean i think there were a lot of things that we found out during the pandemic that we could do that were different when it came to the game industry I know that I've talked on the show before. It's been a while, but I've mentioned and I'll mention it again that, you know, um, reaching out and meeting with publishers was a huge privilege for multiple reasons. One of which was you had to go to conventions most of the time to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, That was they'd say, oh, I'll just I'll meet you at Gen Con or wherever you're going to be there. And then it was hard to get their time because there's a lot of people that want their time and all these things. And Mm -hmm. and then now. You say, hey, can we set up a meeting? And they're like, yeah, let's have a Zoom call and let's chat about it. And it's great. And it's, you know, and it's made it easier to introduce people to say, oh, hey, um, publisher, you should talk to this person. You know, they've got a game. I think it might fit what you're doing. I don't have to, like, bring them to Gen Con to try and get a meeting for them. I can just recommend them. And and hopefully if the publisher is interested, you know, and like, I send video pitches to publishers now that are like less than two minutes long. They watch that. That was their whole investment. They can say mm-hmm. no thanks. Mm-hmm. And I didn't take 30 minutes for a meeting. I did All it took mm-hmm. was them to quick watch a video and call it good. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's one of the big things. And I, that's another thing that I don't see changing because people have realized, Hey, this is actually really super useful. Yeah. Um, and so many more, do it. Yeah, yeah. And so many more people have access and, and you're never going to get, rid of like personal meetings and, and, and conventions and stuff. And we shouldn't because mm-hmm. there are people that thrive in that environment mm-hmm. and, you know, and some of us thrive in both, right? Like mm-hmm. I can thrive in either, but some days I'm just really thankful I could do it online and not have to like yeah. go be in a room with thousands of people, you know? So well, yeah, you make I- that one video and you can show it probably yes. to multiple publishers. Uh, that's yeah, that's better. Yeah. really time saving I guess there's a push and pull with the pandemic in that phenomenon that it's easier to pitch to publishers but they don't have as much ability to publish things because of the shipping crisis and everything like that of course well the the, but board games grew hugely too so Mm -hmm. the shipping crisis is the worst part there's still a big demand for board games so it did give us the the demand It's just the logistics of fulfilling that demand have gotten more difficult uh, for a yeah, lot of people. Sure have. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, and that, that sort of thing will clear itself up eventually with getting yeah. things, better things in place and just getting through it. Um, but yeah. 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 And I mean, another thing to say, to add to what David was saying about online conventions for designers and how they work. I do think that there's something about Protospiel Online that's going to work better that has the ability to work better for 
marginalized people in board games who are marginal. Maybe they have plenty of money, but they are part of the queer community or they're BIPOC or something like that. And when they go and they're physically with people, they feel scared Mm -hmm. because they get they've gotten harassed before (laughs) in different situations. They like maybe not at a game convention, but just in general, when they go into a situation where there's no one like them there, they feel very Mm -hmm. singled out and not safe. But if they, it's easier to take a chance on an online convention because they know that they can, if they're feeling overwhelmed, they can just turn off the camera and go take a break. Mm -hmm. But I do think it's really, it's our responsibility as Protoch Bill Online to do our best to make it so they're not likely to have that moment where they feel like they need to step back from the camera and take a right. break, at least right. not not to any degree that we could have done anything about it. I mean, there, there's just a being mm-hmm. tired and overwhelmed, too, that a lot of people, a lot of people who are not minorities visibly, but, you know, they have differences in the way that they relate to the world they know Mm -hmm. that they're going to get they have social anxiety or something like that they know that they're going to get overwhelmed um they can they can have this be part of their plan like i'm going to play one game yep and then i'm going to be away from people i can literally go to my bed upstairs take a nap where i feel safe and comfy uh, that's kind of amazing, you know? Yeah. It is. And not having to say like, oh, I've got to go, you know, find uh, my hotel room or I've got to, it's yeah. just like, no, I'm just going to turn off the camera yeah. and go upstairs or wherever to my bedroom and just take a break and just, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that is really nice. <laughs> I think another really important piece of, you know, just to, just to say another thing about why I think Protospiel effectively can effectively be a safe place for marginalized designers. We the thing we take pride on is the fact that um, almost every space of the Discord it has a moderator in it at all times. The mm-hmm. only spaces that um, maybe won't have a moderator, you're not you. you pr- there's a good chance you will because the moderators all are all playtesters as well and designers. Right, right, so right. There's yeah. a good chance at your game table you will have a moderator or an organizer. Um, but that is the only space that you will ever be in in the Discord where a mod or organizer is not guaranteed to be there. Right. All mm-hmm. of the other public spaces of the of the Discord have a mod or organizer in place at all times. That's fantastic. And all of those people are trained to address any issues or concerns that anyone has. Um, and it, you know, like Heather mentioned, it's not. It's not something that we have we have a history of having an issue with, um, but it, we are there to deal with it, right? And um, and we have a code of conduct, and we we stand by it. So um, we take it really seriously, and that's just so good because obviously, you know, that's important, right? That you are taking those things seriously, and that you're not just words that you're not backing up, right? Because if they are, then they they're meaningless, and that's. And I think, too, that once you get to the point where people realize, oh, these people are serious <laughs> about <laughs> making sure that people are, you know, taken care of and this isn't, you know, being treated wrong. Um, yeah, I think that you you automatically don't attract people who are, you know, habitually going to do that. Um, so, yeah, I think that's I think that's really good. Well, and the, the other part about the moderators that is really important is that they set the tone of friendliness and make people 
feel that there's someone they know there. That's something that we're working on too. In this last iteration between January and April event, we did a buddy match. Uh, I think Mm -hmm. we're going to iterate on that and do something where people can meet each other before way before the event, but probably not in a one-on-one assigned capacity. We're, we're reworking that. So stay tuned for the details, but it is good to, I'm really, I'm excited about adding that aspect of things where people can meet the other people who are going to be there mm-hmm. in advance. So you're not walking into the situation like, well, I don't know anybody. This is really scary. Right. So before that, before we had this, we always still had the moderators. And I think that did help a ton. I heard from a lot of people that they were like, well, I didn't know what I was walking into, but I popped in the channel and there was Peter going like, Hey David, how are you? And right. immediately was like, Oh, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. You're already my friend. That's lovely. And yeah. it feels good to have a friend here. Right. Uh, so the moderators, to... yeah, like really hold that space and they stay on camera too, so that you feel mm-hmm. like you can connect with them and understand who they are. I love we, that. And we encourage everybody to, while they're in the gathering, the group gathering channels, like, well, you're playing a game. It's silly to have your camera on because you're looking at the table, but while you're in looking for a game or coffee talk are two open public channels. We encourage you to turn on your camera. You don't have to, but we tell you that it, yeah. it helps you all level, feel right? yeah. connected yeah. if you have the ability and comfort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to say, I did the one-on-one matchup um, this time uh, that you had where you got matched up with somebody. Uh, it was, it made me laugh because I was like, I'm going to match with somebody. I know I guarantee it. And I did. <laughs> I got matched with, uh, with Matthew Hawker, who's oh, been on the awesome. show a couple of times, but yes. But we had such a fun conversation for our 30 yeah. minutes. It was great. Like oh, it was just a really hear. fun conversation that we would have never had if he was recording the show with me. Right. Cause it just sure. wasn't mm-hmm. that conversation. It was, Hey, what do you think about this? You know, and, and, um, being able to choose what topic you wanted to talk about was great. Cause I picked mm-hmm. like a weird topic, which was like, um, <laughs> it was something about like, how do I like, games bringing positive change or something like that. And I was like, yeah. I'm, I want to know who else would pick this topic. Yeah. And then Matthew admitted that, <laughs> that he said he would talk to anyone about any topic. Well, um, <laughs> which was, sounds like something he would do. Yeah. Doesn't it though? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That catch all topic. It, w- it was actually not an option for us to leave it out. Right. <laughs> so it it's not bad though. Right. And I <laughs> well, actually considered, I actually considered clicking that, but I was like, you know, no, I really, yeah. This is a conversation I would like to have. And that's what we talked about. It was yeah. great. Yeah. It's because because he knew that's what tone, I was interested yeah. in talking about. So he's like, let's talk about that. And it was a really good conversation. Yeah, yeah. I think they so, don't yeah. let you remove it because as sort of like a safeguard that right. there won't yeah. be yeah. leftover yeah. people that don't get matched with anybody. Um, yeah, which is, is yeah. smart. So, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. I can see that. And you're going to have some people that truly don't care what the topic is. They just want to talk to somebody about yeah. stuff. So... I think it's worth having that as a choice anyways. Yeah. And it, it, the, I mean, when I had my chat, the thing we talked about, um, or one of the things we talked about was just like, what should I expect when I show up to Protospiel? And maybe that's something we could talk about here. Um, but mm-hmm. like, yeah. what does the what does the event look like? Uh, what should I have ready? What should I, how, how do I move through the Discord? Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we have all of this documented everywhere, but I think for some people hearing it verbally and just kind of like that, that helps them internalize the, I think that's a great idea. The level of like legwork and, um, and, and 
you know, it, it, it's because it isn't as it's fairly simple. We've done our best to like really streamline. Um, I say we, but Heather's the one who set most of it up. Um, it's, well, it has been. I will say, Protospiel itself has been a playtest, an ongoing iterative yeah. playtest. That from the beginning, I've gotten. A, we have a suggestions channel. I listen to those suggestions. They're mm-hmm. they're core members of the community who have. Uh, help shape the way all this stuff works yeah absolutely um but yeah i mean that's a that's a totally valid question going into it is like how do i do this what should i what's gonna happen on day one um so it was it was cool to have that pairing to be able to help this person understand like here's what it is and then after that they were just like yeah that i can't wait that sounds that sounds great (laughs) um so it, it, it the buddy match thing i think it, like Heather said, we're gonna look at um, doing you know, something kind of like re- that, re- yeah. reshaping yeah. it, but like keeping that available for people at the front. It's end. a great idea. Yeah, well, and so to answer the question of how does the event work, it is mm-hmm. all very based on the Protospiel model. Once again, that's why it's called Protospiel Online, and. For me, I went to my first protospiel in 2015, and I was a playtester. I didn't really understand that. It was the first thing I ever went to to discover the board game industry and learn all about it. So I always have seen protospiel as the convention that can do that for new, for brand new designers. Of course, it, mm-hmm. it really leans on the continued participation of seasoned designers. And that can be kind of the hard part um, because it's clear to explain all the stuff that David was saying before to a new designer, why they should want to come. But once you're seasoned and you know all this stuff, your reasons for wanting to come change, it's kind of like the tabletop mentorship program. It's because it, it, it's fulfilling to you. If you can tap into that feeling of like feeling inspired and encouraged by the ability to inspire and encourage other people. Mm-hmm. But so mm-hmm. in real life, protospiels are completely level playing field. It's a room full of tables. There's no schedule. Nobody is standing behind a table as the important person. Everyone is mingling together. When there are publishers there, they are simply playtesting other people's games and putting games on the table to be playtested. Everybody is participating in the same activities, which makes it really easy to just feel like you belong there, no matter how Mm -hmm. new you are. So that, that, that was a big part of what I wanted it to feel like if we were going to make something and put the label protospiel on it, that was really important. And also that all we do is play test. It's not a marketing convention. It's not anything else. It's not about pitching. You might end up accidentally pitching to a publisher, (laughs) but it's not the, it's not the framework of the event. It's not about pitching. It's about play testing, getting better at play testing and also networking because through play testing, you generally have a conversation afterwards, like, Oh, what's your project? And you learn Mm -hmm. about each other you get interested in each other's projects. You find that people are interested in your projects. Um, the one, like I want to do more of these, but the one um, success story that I've recorded a video for on our YouTube channel is for Tanner Simmons. And the main, yeah, Tanner, the main success was that Tanner put th- this game in front of people and they wanted to play it again. And it yeah. was yeah. just so validating. So that was the thing that he really got out of Protospiel. And now that game is signed and um, going to be probably coming out later this year. That's really exciting and makes me really happy to know that we could have helped with that but so the way that we make that happen online space instead of in person is that there is no schedule you do not 
sign up in advance for any particular time to present or play a game. And that also works much better with the internationally distributed audience that there's right, no right, confusion. Right. There's no confusion about, wait, do you mean EDT or uh, MDT or like, right, there's no right. conversation about that. Nobody gets confused yeah. about that. That's happened to me. Like every other convention I've gone to where it did have a schedule was that was a major point of frustration. Mm-hmm. And I love that that's not even in the cards at all for us. Absolutely. You just show up in the looking for a game channel. There is a moderator there and they will invite you if you're a designer to a post a card for your game and tell you to talk about it. And that's the other great thing about Protospiel is it teaches you to pitch your game. We will mm-hmm. say if you're a team of designers, you can come more cheaply if if some of you come as play testers and just as a crew, you understand as a crew what you're putting in to the play testing mix, the time play testing right, is what you're right. expecting to get out for your game project in general. You can just give play tester badges to some of your members if you want to like amp that up and be able to play test more. But I've also heard people say, I really would recommend everybody who's a designer gets the designer badge and takes a turn pitching so they can learn how to pitch. Um, mm-hmm. It's like the, you're pitching it to play testers instead of publishers, but it helps you learn you can you can feel out how do people respond when I pitch it this way or that way. Yeah, right. Uh, so it's a great practice. And then also for the play testers, they before they say yes, I want to play this game, they get to hear your voice. And if you agree to go on camera, see you on camera, they get to feel your vibe a little bit more. It's not like right. a list of game names and people names and say, I have no idea if I think I'll vibe with this person, if I would feel comfortable spending right. an hour or two talking to this person. It's a big com- that's a that's a big ask, honestly. It is. Yeah, yeah so, it is. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So the fact that you get to hear the vibe of the person that you're agreeing to, I guess the designer doesn't really get to pick their play testers. <laughs> it's maybe something I never really, I've thought about that just now as I said that out loud, but of course. Well, you don't, you don't get to pick the people who buy your game either. Right. So yeah, it's, exactly. Uh, um, it's or, true, or yeah. or, or it, back it, your Kickstarter or any of that. Oh, it's yeah. true about that. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, that's how the play testing works. You'll go away to your own private table. Tables don't exist unless people are in them. They automatically go away, so you don't get a big long. Like if you've gone to some other conventions, online conventions, and that are run in Discord, you find this like long list of empty table and empty voice very channels. daunting too yeah yeah there, there's none of that in uh protospiel online if a table exists it's because it has people in it and uh that's just a there's like a patreon that you can join to get a bot that does that for you that's how we do that yeah. and but i think it works really well and it makes the it makes the event feel full it makes it feel yeah. mm-hmm like you know you can, and it's it's lovely that you can see who's there that's why we feel like we're together if you've never used discord if you're listening to me and discord is still unfamiliar to you which that's another i think drawback of online playtesting is that discord itself is also very intimidating to people yeah. i think once you get very, into the can flow be. of it it's like oh my gosh the possibilities are endless and it's yeah. great but there is a hump to get over one thing I really like about it is you can see who's there. You can see, mm-hmm. and and we we yep. another thing that we do for safety at Protospiel Online is it's physically impossible for you to be in there without your name being attached to your user. So nobody's anonymous, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And so you'll see everybody's real names like listed in the yeah. voice channels when the event is active. And you could see, oh, I met that person last time. Oh, they're here. Yep. Yep. You feel like you're together. That's really great. And then uh, what Coffee Talk is is sort of the overflow so that 
if you're if you're in looking for a game, you shouldn't be socializing about random topics because people need to be able to present their games and choose to play their games. So we made well the first time we ran it, we only had that channel. And it didn't really we learned immediately that it didn't really work. So we made Coffee Talk in honor of the fact that Protospiel generally the model is they'll try whatever extra money they make, they'll buy snacks and coffee. So it's pretty common to have a coffee table at a protospiel. So we, we, in honor of that, made coffee talk. And we've evolved that a little bit. And Jason will be joining us this time, actually, as our yes. very spur, very yeah. first topic sponsor on Friday yeah. at uh, noon Eastern. Mm-hmm. Jason, I we I don't know if you've picked your topic yet, but you'll be there talking to people, and so right. we've we've added topics to help people just gather around this like an interest, but it's a very very like extremely casual, as casual as you can possibly make it. You're not supposed to have any kind of presentation or anything that right. could feel like you're late or or you have to leave early from. It's right. it's just right. a place to talk and socialize. But having a topic to focus on now is a new thing from about about a year ago. We started doing that and Mm -hmm. it it helped people. I guess it helps us talk about the vibe of the event to have those that list of topics. I've liked it for that reason. Well, I can say that if, you know, if you're looking for people to just chat and not have a real plan and really not seem prepared, (laughs) like you came to the right people because we are good at that. Um, But yeah, so it's going to be me and probably some of the other co-hosts and maybe some other people from the Discord, uh, just from our Discord group. Right now, I believe it's going to be me and Nicole Amato uh, hanging out in there. So, um, but uh, I'm not 100% sure on that. So um, yeah, so, but it'll definitely be me. 100% me and then somebody else because I can't coffee talk with myself. Um, that would be that would be not great. Well, you'll have you'll have a moderator. One of our moderators will be with you. So when we have a sponsor for okay. Coffee Talk, um, they get to just chill and not have to seem like the representative of the event. There will be a moderator also with you who can help answer yeah. questions about the event and everything and help right. make sure everybody's making space for each other. One, one thing that sometimes happens when you're in a voice channel is that somebody starts taking up all the space, right? And mm-hmm. um, that's one thing that moderators are encouraged to kind of redirect, like, oh, so-and-so, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> just right, kind of right, gently... Right remind that everybody should have room to talk yeah well good news is i know who some of your moderators are and if you choose one of them then it'll be somebody who's super affiliated with the show so. <laughs> right yeah <laughs> yeah 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 we can plan that out i mean if that's what they have time for and uh right. yeah yeah so. yes um so no i'm uh i'm very excited about it we we don't know 100 percent what the topic will be we were batting around a lot of ideas but it'll be something around game design for sure <laughs> no but uh <laughs> We know we usually focus, as people know on the show, we focus on, um, you know, trying to do things that are helpful to designers, especially newer designers. So, so yeah, it'll probably be something along those lines. And knowing us, we'll meander through those topics quite a bit. Um, yeah, but I'm I'm uh, I'm excited to hang out for a couple hours and do it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So yeah, thank you so much for jumping on and being a sponsor. Yeah. I really appreciate yeah. that. Oh yeah, Jason. we're excited too. So. And I'm excited for you to see the event because you're actually a new attendee am, yourself. Yes. So you're getting your yeah. questions answered in this podcast, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I'll say that like one of the challenges for me with online events, right? And this is this is a personal challenge, like with my life situation, um, mm-hmm. is that if I go to a convention, my family's super supportive of that. I go, my kids miss me, my wife misses me, but but it's okay, right? Like they know I'm gone. 
Uh, and when I do an event here, that's different because I'm, I'm here. <laughs> right. Uh, and my wife completely understands that. Uh, my kids understand that less. Right. Um, which is why I actually, one of the reasons why I was like, Oh, look, I can do like right off the bat and be the first person doing this. Um, and while I'm doing that, my kids will be at school. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah. so you that know makes it a little easier. That one. Yeah. 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 And also the fact that it's a 24 hour a day thing when it's running makes it easier for somebody like me too, because I can hop in mm -hmm. when they're in bed and, right. you know, play test a game or play a game or whatever. Um, so that for me has been like, that was why I rejected kind of any online event for the mm -hmm. first year of the pandemic, because it was just too hard mm -hmm. to try and do that. Um, you know, with, um, yeah, with, with everything else going on. So, um, so I look forward to, to trying that out this time. Um, yeah. Knowing that I'll just schedule around my own personal unique schedule that we, everyone has, right. I mean, everybody has mm -hmm. their own unique schedule they have to follow. So right. yeah, we have but, lots of parents. In, mm -hmm. in oh, I'm sure because so, like, it's, realistically, yeah. Yeah. I don't need a babysitter to be able to do this event. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like right. I, I'm home. So yep. yeah, I mean, it, it, that certainly helps quite a bit. So yeah, yeah. You, you can still have the meals with your family potentially yeah. um, if that's the way yeah. you choose to yep. arrange it and all that th sort of thing. Um, and I should say too, I hope that you, and this is, I guess, a good transition to another thing you asked us to talk about before we said goodbye is I hope that you will bring a game and actually test it so that I can put you in the protospiel tested <laughs> hopper, right? So that when the next, yeah, when, when it gets signed, when it gets published, we can um, present you on our Twitch protospiel tested that we've started running. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know, about two months ago, we started really investing in Twitch and now we have two shows. All we, all, both of them are on Thursdays. One of them is in the afternoon to accommodate our friends in Europe. So at 3 p.m. Eastern, we do something called Table Talk. And right now mm -hmm. my co-hosts are Michael Westbrook, who has been on this podcast before, yep. and Jay Little. And Jay is an amazing asset to have on that show because he's he's a board game professor uh, at Stout. And so he knows all about how to talk about this. He teaches college students, I think, who are in, I think a lot of them are going the a video game design route, but then he's mm -hmm. yeah, teaching them sense. board games to help them get their heads around that. So he's- I think, it, Which is great. It's a great idea to do. <laughs> yes. It's a really nice span with Michael, who's pretty new to the board game design scene. Jay, mm -hmm. who's very seasoned, and I'm here in the middle where I've been in it for, I've been around the community for like seven years. Mm -hmm. And so we have a good time. We're going through all the things that are on our bingo cards. That's another thing that happens at Protospiel Online. We have a metagame called Bingo where mm -hmm. you can earn entries and giveaways. And it, uh, the thing that we really like about the bingo game is it helps people focus on like increasing their board game literacy and getting to mm -hmm. know each other because it's, it's, thing, it's things like, where does this designer, like play with a designer who's in another time zone than you. And then it's also play a game that's 4X or farming or whatever the themes and mechanics and all these things are like randomized on your bingo card. So we use the table talk to go through the definitions of all these things that are on our bingo card. So we have good two or three years of content <laughs> in the mm -hmm. hopper, which is really nice to have. That's what that show's like. And uh, we take audience questions and we're learning Twitch. Twitch is a whole thing, but anyway, and then Protospiel Tested is for games that were once play tested at any Protospiel event. We'll, of course, 
love to focus on our own ProSpiel Online members, but also uh, the one that we're going to be having, it's going to air before the one the, before this podcast comes out, but the one that we're having this week is Role Player, which is an oldie in the Protospiel community. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and really excited. That's one of my favorite games. Really excited to play that this week. But so we'll, um, if the designer can join us, they'll come and kind of help us tell us stories about the publication process and mm-hmm. maybe some tips on strategy, make sure we're getting the rules right, especially if it's a new game that I've never played before. But yeah, that's a full playthrough of games that are available online to play now. So it'll, it's not a like we're sitting around a table and you see our physical board. We're finding games that are available on Tabletopia, Tabletop Playground, and Screentop that we can demo how to use those platforms while we're also showing off games. So that's why I say, Jason, get one of your games in, in like so that it I has know. been play tested at Fredishville <laughs> so that when it gets published, we can feature you when you're on Kickstarter or whatever you're doing. I'm really excited right, right. to do that. I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out which game that would be just because of getting it loaded and getting it ready to go. So yeah. yeah. Well, why not but if you find this? It could, it could be that. Yes, that is true. I could absolutely <laughs> run that. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I could definitely run that. Um, yeah. So that wouldn't be a bad one either. So especially since having that uh, on, yeah, yeah. Having protospiel on that would be nice. So and I, I forgot to say the Protospiel tested stream is at 9 p.m. Eastern every third. Well, not every Thursday. I'm sorry. We've been doing it every Thursday. We're going to spread it out a little bit more to just make it easier to manage everything. It gets a little overwhelming <laughs> because right, that one, right, right. we have guests on that one. And mm-hmm. that's a little bit harder to plan, as I'm sure you know, Jason. So I do. I do know that. <laughs> I do um, know that. And our handle on tw- so it's twitch.tv forward slash Protospiel O. P-R-O-T-O-S-P-I-E-L-O. You can come and find us there. And that's our handle pretty much everywhere, too. It matches. Mm-hmm. Matchy, matchy. Oh, that was, this has been super enlightening. You're right. Um, having not been to a protospiel or a protospiel online, <laughs> only to unpubs, <laughs> and that's been a long time. Um, this is this was really enlightening and helpful, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of listeners found it that way. So I hope I hope to see some people there. I'm excited about going. Uh, and I, I, yeah, I will, I will see if I can test a game there. Cause I would really enjoy doing that if I yes. could. Um, so yeah. And I think we have that one. I don't know. We have it in something I keep, I was saying, I think it's in tabletop playground. I think it's in tabletopia. Um, is it I in just, tabletopia? I just played it with you the other day. <laughs> I don't remember which is which. So yeah, <laughs> Hannah built it, not me. Uh, so it's, in, and she sent me a link. So it's in tabletopia. Cool. Cool. Okay. Well, yes. All right. <laughs> so, uh, so anyways, uh, we did talk, though, about uh, I wanted to uh, do a little pitch session here. And um, David uh, has a game that he's going to pitch to us um, that has it been played at Protospiel before or no? It has. It yeah. has. All right. Yeah. Um, Protospiel so official. It is. It is. It is Protospiel tested. Um, I've been working on a game. This is actually the one I mentioned that it was the uh, started from the shower thought that got me into right, right. design. Um, I, for the last three, four-ish years, I've been working on a game called Roommates. Um, it is a two to five player game about a group of people who all live together and they are cooking meals for their friends and also doing chores around their shared apartment kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, uh, it's a weird little thing. Um, about half of the, actually more than that, large portion of the actions in the game uh, can be done for to further your own personal goals 
or to help the other people you mm. live with. Um, so there's this like tricky push and pull balance of uh, how do I how do I like be the best roommate, uh, be the most popular roommate, um, but also make sure um, I'm I'm keeping my friends happy. Mm -hmm. uh it's a it's it's a it's a lot of fun i really love it um and right now it's uh it's currently being judged in the physical track of the cardboard edison award mm -hmm. um i'll probably i think the i'll find out we'll find out the winners um sometime in early june mm -hmm. um but i have seen photos of people playing it on on twitter which is a wild experience watching that's gotta be yeah that's seeing, <laughs> seeing people seeing photos of people playing your game and you're not there to <laughs> see what happens is like looking at the, I hope they're doing well, it right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, so, so far so good. I, I was looking at the photos and I was like, yep, they got the, they got the setup, right? So the board upside down. Hopefully they had fun. <laughs> um, so, but it's, it's, it's just been, it's been an awesome experience making that game. And um, I, I currently it's kind of on pause in terms of, pitching to publishers because right, that's one of right. the agreements you make when you uh um when you make it to the finalists of cardboard edison you basically agree that you're going to hold off on discussions with publishers until mm -hmm. the winner is announced so uh it's kind of given me a little bit of time to take a step back and take a breather and not keep messing with it and just kind of get roommates off my mind for a little bit um which is been difficult because it's been the only thing on my mind for <laughs> in terms of game design for a really long time so not thinking about it for the first time has been a bit of a challenge but um i'm excited to get back into getting that in front of publishers once the uh, event wraps up and i'm i'm it's some of the some of the games that have been entered this year are just like it, it looks like a really it really awesome does. Yeah. Games. It really, really does. I'm excited to see how everybody does. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, super exciting. I, I am probably going to be bringing it to, well, I'll just say, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to bring it to Protospiel. So, um, if people want to play roommates, there's a lot um, of people I, who ask to play it. There are a lot of people who ask to play it. That is a, that is a thing that has happened at Protospiel in the it's past, a, which that's, feels that's like a good, a good thing sign. to happen. It's a very yeah. unique game where it's, uh, yeah, the, the the fact that you can do things for other people makes the strategy very difficult. I think uh, it's not a it's not a first time gamer game. I think mm -hmm. no, <laughs> it's not. It it's takes not. yeah, it, uh, and in fact, you're probably not going to do that good the, because you're probably not going to do that good the first time you play it. But that makes a lot of people love that. Like, oh, mm -hmm. now I need to I, try it again. So I now that I understand it, that, yeah, yeah, I I, I liken it to. Um, not so much in like theme and mechanics, um, but in that in that way, um, I, I think it, it kind of plays a little bit like Root in some ways. Um, mm -hmm. Cole Worley and Leader Games' uh, game. It, um, it in that it, Root, a lot of the balance and fun of that game comes from kind of monitoring monitoring what everyone else is doing and how you all bounce off of each other. Mm -hmm. And I think roommates plays off of that energy a lot where like you can let someone run away with it um you can do this one thing that you want to focus on but you kind of need to play all sides of it and like really interact with each other you can't really solo roommates <laughs> right um, it's it's very much a like 
everybody's in the middle of the table playing with each other and mm-hmm. interacting with each other kind of game. And, and One of those I lean love, in I love games, you know? It. Yeah, you need to be there to play it. And I love um, that, yeah. And I, I'm really proud of that, and I think that worked really well. And it's, it, you know, you will get better at it the more you play it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a completely a... Um, like, I think it, it, it is approachable for first-time gamers, but I think it, it definitely rewards repeat plays because of just the dynamic. Well, and I don't think there's anything wrong with, like, I can pick this game up on the first time, but I'm not going to be the best at it. Like, I, exactly. I, I think that's a good... I think that's a great way to design, you know, like easy to learn, hard to master. I've always thought is a really nice, you know, um, yeah. way to to design games because it gets you into the game quickly. But the more you play it, you're like, oh, oh, I should have thought about this or that, you know, and I, yeah. I, I like trying to design games in that avenue as well. I think that's, yeah. you know. There's a, there's a lot of levers to pull in it and all of them do something fun. So mm-hmm. that's cool. Good, uh, I think yeah. it depends on why the new gamer is getting into games. Because I think outsiders totally. to the game design, to the game game world, not game design world, but the game enthusiast world, hobby games, mm-hmm. um, they associate. It's pretty common, I think, for people to associate games with competition and winning or losing. Yeah, and so, just yeah. that, there's pretty much no way you're going to win this game the first time you play it. Is <laughs> Uh, unless you're playing with somebody else who's never played it before. <laughs> who's never and then played it before, yeah. yep. <laughs> But so like a new, a gamer introducing a, that's why I, that's why I say I, I, I wouldn't teach it to a completely new gamer who I was trying to make like games because they'd probably lose and I'd be afraid to make them sad. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there, there are, uh, you know, um, there are definitely people who have played it that, bounce off of and they are sort of seasoned gamers if you will they they mm-hmm. kind of bounce off the dynamic that it sets up where like i have to do nice things for other people what like this, it's <laughs> there there are people who that's kind of a got, i've gotten i have after playtests i have on more than one occasion i have received angry follow-up messages from people being like why isn't your game co-op um so <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm already getting hate mail over it, but it's, uh, but it, but it's, um, you know, it's the game I wanted to make and it, uh, and, and most people really love it. So why isn't you co up? Why are you so competitive? I don't know. Why are you, why are you in my DMs? <laughs> I think it's the real question. <laughs> oh my goodness. I think you should just reply when somebody says, why is your, why is it not a co-op? Just reply and say, I think you know why. <laughs> and just leave it at that, you know? Yeah, good advice. No, I, I do my best to answer their question. Because it's, you know, it's a, it's a good question. And it's it's good to be receptive to the things people tell you. But um, Has has yeah. Jamie played your game before? No, Jamie has not played oh, it Oh, you've got to get Jamie to play it. Because they've specifically said before on one episode, we were talking about competitive games. Yeah. And they were basically like, if, if I'm ever given the opportunity to tank everyone Mm -hmm. and it's a multiplayer game, then I look at it as 
you know, if I'm tanking four other people and myself, I'm only tanking myself once, but I'm tanking all four of those <laughs> three of those other people. So, so they would be the roommate. They would just be like, I'm going to set it on fire. Yeah. And so, you can do that. So yes. You got to get Jamie to play this. I, I want to hear a report from this. Yes. I hope, I hope that'll happen soon. They may be um, in your DMS. Why is this? <laughs> and that's, and you know, Jamie, Jamie and I, we, we, we know each other. We, we message each other privately and we're, we're in touch. So, you know, Jamie, Jamie, gets a jamie gets a uh a cl- all clear in terms of that we have a report right 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 um, yeah it's right, not right. some some but, uh, person you don't know accosting your dms yes i get that's you. Like a, i think that's a pretty good general rule for like if you play test someone's game you know check in with them during the play test and say hey is it cool if i message you afterwards with some follow-up notes like right check in right. and make sure that's okay because sometimes yeah. they may say no yeah. You don't want to wake up at 8 a.m. on a Sunday with a four-paragraph essay about why your game is bad. That's actually not nice. So, um, you know, just just uh, you know, just check check the vibe. <laughs> Make sure that's cool. Mm-hmm. In general, about DMs, check the vibe. Yes. Yeah. Yep. They're kind yep, of yep, a. They yep. feel like a private space. Like you're yep. in my space. In yep. Discord, I consistently will will like say to somebody. Um, like in you know, you know, a channel, like, hey, is it okay if I send you a message about this? Like, if I don't know the person, like in our Discord, I know everyone, so I don't feel weird yeah. about that. But mm-hmm. in some other Discords I belong to, if I so I ask a question and somebody gives me an answer, I'll message, I'll I'll respond and say, would you mind if I sent you a message exactly. to ask some exactly. more questions about this? And no one has ever said no. Exactly. But they, mm-hmm. but many of them have said thank you for asking. Yes. Like yeah, no yeah. problem. Like. It just yeah. seems like a thing to do. Yeah. It'd be no different than if I said, hey, can I give you a call and ask you questions about this? Right. I'm not just mm-hmm. going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, right. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, we uh, we should we should get going here. This was uh, this was a really, really fun discussion. I'm excited for Protospiel Online. Um, I'm excited to hear uh, hopefully more about your game, David. I hope I get to try it. Uh, when yes. We're Spiel. If yeah, I can, I great. definitely will. So yeah. Um, yeah, but hey, listeners, thanks for hanging out with us today. I hope you learned a lot too. Uh, and uh, I hope you keep coming back every week. Uh, but let's talk about some ways you can get a hold of us. So here are ways you can get a hold of all of us. Uh, you can, of course, go to buildinggamepodcast.com. You can find our Discord channel link there. You can email us at buildinggamepodcast at gmail.com. You can uh, find us on the Twitter, especially at podcast BTG at J A Slingerland. David is at David Mons, uh, Ma- at David Masnato. Uh, Heather is at Heather D Newton. And as they already said, um, Proto Spiel is at Proto Spiel. Oh, uh, you can find us all there. Heather, any more links you want to throw out before we go? I will just, just give a call reminder. out, especially if you're listening to this, the day that it comes out tonight is the last chance for the early bird cost for protospiel online april and so you can get that by going to protospiel.online or protospiel.online forward slash slash badges to get right there to the place where you can buy your badge but you'll save twenty dollars as a designer and ten dollars as any other type of thing pro uh play testers publishers and press all get a cheaper badge so uh awesome if you're thinking about coming it's a perfect day to buy if you're listening to this the first, the first day that it comes out Sounds great. And also just, Jason, thank you so much for inviting us. It yeah, was really seriously, great to be with, thank with you. you. Oh, yeah. No, this was a lot of fun, and I'm glad we got to hang out. Um, listeners, we will see you next week. But until then, good night. Good night.
Good night. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Building the game.